You're listening to a podcast of Your Pet Matters with me, Dr. Michael Tequila, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on 1077thebronc.com. When your fluffy family comes calling, you know you've got to answer because it's time for Your Pet Matters with our doctor, Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. Progressive Veterinary Care, making waves in pet health care. To access more information, go to ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Your pets are in luck because you're going to get all the best tips and tricks to take care of your fluffy best friends from their very own lifelong wellness partner. So let's get started with Your Pet Matters. Nation. I am Michael Dr. T. Tequila, and it is a fall day. It is cold. It is finally cold outside. Um, and I wanted to talk today about online reviews and the misperceptions that we see um, both from us and uh, well, not necessarily from us, sorry, um, not necessarily from us, but just the misperceptions that you may have as a general public about veterinary medicine, um, et cetera. And this all stems from a article I just read by a colleague of mine. Dr. Sarah Boston is a board-certified veterinary surgeon, and she wrote a wonderful article. I, I have a link in the description that everyone should read. It's about um, just online abuse. Um, in general, and the effect it has. And it's taken from the sense that, as you all may be aware of, there's a huge, huge risk of suicide in my profession. We're multiple times more likely to commit suicide than anyone else. Um, And part of that comes from the stresses of the profession. And one of the stresses of the profession can be how the public perceives us and how individuals it could be a sole individual writing a terrible terrible online review about you um, leads to then just a mass attack on a veterinarian Um, so it's interesting because I'll be frank with you um, my practice has had some interesting reviews Um, and most of them I would honestly say are not justified some of them that the client does lead a review, I can definitely work out and work through. Um, it's interesting because everything is, as I always say, everything's multifactorial. So there's always a combination of misunderstanding. There's a combination of miscommunication. I think that is huge on the table here um, in veterinary medicine in general. So it it was it was a we got a bad review because the perception of the client was that their pet was placed in a hospital cage for several hours until the mobile schnarfer got there. Where we failed is we we should have discussed when the ultrasnarfer arrives. In many cases, I've actually had the clients give us a 20-minute window that we can, when the ultrasnarfer calls, we can have them come in. So that wasn't relayed to the client. That wasn't discussed um, at all. I had a a team member that, from a veterinary standpoint, just didn't communicate well at all with clients. So when you start dealing with all that stuff, it led to a dissatisfied client who posted in, um, this person went everywhere and posted a negative review. So, you know, those types of things are definitely viable, um, but should have been discussed. And in the end, it wasn't a life or death situation. 
um, but the client made it seem that way, and that was that's what was the detrimental thing for the for the practice. The other one I had was, I you know, I guess I'm fortunate that I haven't been involved in these incidents, but uh, but it is my business. Um, a client w- was stating something that they came to find their forever vet or whatever, blah blah blah, and didn't, was dissatisfied by this, that, and this. And the irony of that, the irony of that, that client still comes into the practice. And it's, it's difficult. It's it's incredibly difficult when you when you post an online review like that to to bounce back from that. But but those are only two justifiable ones I can think of. I think most of them are not justifiable. And the difficulty is is that many millennials out there or just people in general, what do you do? And I do this too. I review things. I, I look at at the reviews to see what everything everyone says about certain things and yeah you can you can target the ones that are, this is clearly biased and either too good or too bad but um you know overall i've been fortunate that the people who have said they've looked at our reviews say there's there's an overwhelmingly good review there so so that that's you know incredibly important but just to give you a mindset is that even though i know that some of these reviews are not justified they stay with me they're always with me um, and it, and it does lead to, you know, um, certain feelings and, and concerns and stresses about that. Um, and the other thing that Dr. Sarah Boston brings up in her, in her, um, article is that many of these online reviews are actually taken down. So the, so the general populace, you pet parents out there really don't see what people are. And the example she uses is, is incredible, um, I think it was a situation where it's it typically there's no funds involved, so the, so the client has no funds. There's a situation, and they end up with a humane euthanasia, and that's and I can go on a completely different show um, to talk about the benefits of, of health pet insurance and how that leads to a situation where you don't have to euthanize your pet and that things can be covered. But it's it's typically financial. It's typically a situation of severe medical issue, and there, there's a guilt from the client standpoint that they can't afford to pay for anything. And then they take it out in the veterinarian. Um, and a point she does bring up that is clear, and I get this all the time. If you loved pets, you would do it for free. No other medical profession, no other profession, you know, if you if you go up to a, a if I went up to my mechanic and I said, listen, listen, man, if you love if you love Hondas, you would fix it for free or, you know, any it, there's nothing, you know, I, I cannot even comprehend going to my medical doctor who's a friend of mine and saying, Ron, listen, man, if, if you if you if you like humans, you know, you would do my blood work for free. Unfortunately, that only is it impossible to do something free. And one of the fallacies we do as a veterinary profession is we do so many things for free, myself included. It'll it, we our our database our software will indicate how much stuff we give away for free, and honestly, it's amazing. But it is detrimental because veterinary medicine to run a veterinary hospital is incredibly expensive. It's more expensive, and I've talked about this a zillion times. It is way more expensive than a human clinic to run a veterinary hospital because you're running a hospital, and there's more people involved. And there's way more equipment. So your overhead is way high. And your profit margins are way small. So to do something for free is a loss. It's a huge loss. And yet we still do that. We do so many things for free. Um, so that's one thing the young vet mindset has to change. But but to say that is just, it's she, she uses the word gasp. It's an audible gasp that happens. That 
to to say, hey, if you love pets, you would do it for free. That's just, you know, amazing, amazing. Um, you know, and the other thing is, is I'm I'm going to give a talk soon. It has nothing to do with online abuse, but part of it was polling vets um, about their feelings about referral to 24-hour referral centers and. A huge percentage of young veterinarians, well, not young veterinarians, it was, it was a wide range of veterinarians, they're actually concerned about the act of how they're perceived by their clients for referral because they're concerned about being sued or being taken to our board as a complaint. Can you believe that? It's like, it's that sort of mindset that's, that's out there in our profession. All we want to do is we want to do what's best for your pet and for you. Many of us may not be able to communicate that clearly and there's a strong bias in some of us that we look at what's best for your pet and really don't discuss or at some point sometimes acknowledge what's best for you. And that's one of the areas that where communication is huge. You know, ideally, I want to offer gold standard medicine to every pet that walks into the door. Unfortunately, reality sets in and many owners, whether they can afford it whether they choose it, whether they believe in it, will not do that. So you have to have that discussion. Many many vets just want what's best for the pet and they have to talk about to the client as well. So we're striving for that, but there's a difficulty in us communicating with that. Um, so it's a work in progress, but it doesn't mean that your pet's best interests were never at heart and doesn't, by far, it doesn't mean that someone's trying to rip you off. Um, and we do feel like you wouldn't believe when a situation comes up. I've been in situations where a person walks in the door and has $50. That won't even cover the exam fee. So how do you deal with that situation? What sort of gut-wrenching consequences are there for not only the, the pet parent, who I can guarantee you feels incredibly bad that they don't have money, um, and the veterinarian who feels incredibly bad because they're they're limited on what they're capable of doing. Those are the situations. So the bottom line is an education of the general populace that this exists. Please, please, if you're gonna do an online review, for those of you who love your vet, do an online review. Nothing is better than posting how much you love your vet. If you had an issue with your veterinarian, please talk to your veterinarian first. Putting a negative online review is can be detrimental, can lead to ramifications beyond what you could even comprehend. Hope that makes sense. Makes sense to me. We have to take a short break, listen to some wonderful messages, and we'll be right back with more of Your Pet Matters. So stay tuned right here on 1077, 1077thebronc.com. Everyone has a weekend pet project, and our producer does too. It's time for the producer's pet project, your source for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and helpful tips and tricks to make sure your pet is as happy, healthy, and safe as they can be. The producer's pet project is underwritten in part by your other family doctor, the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg. Small hospital, big medicine. week's episode of your pet matters this is your producer jada peterson bringing you another edition of the producer's pet project this week's project is about transitioning you and your pets to the autumn weather 
This particular article can be found on PetHealthNetwork.com in the Dog Health section and is written by Matt Henry. The link will be provided on our Facebook page for you to read during the show. Without further delay, let's get to the article. Just because fall is here doesn't mean that ticks aren't still lurking. Many species of ticks are active even into the winter and can survive the first frost. Eliminate their favorite environments, such as leaf and garden litter, where ticks can sometimes survive even into winter. Fall is the time of year where mice, rats, and other rodents start to scurry for warmth. Be careful when it comes to mouse traps and rodicides like rat and mouse poison. Nobody wants an infestation of mice, but many poisons that are currently on the market can be very harmful to dogs and cats. Direct indigestion can be deadly. Make sure you talk to your veterinarian about methods of pest control that are safe for your pets. It's getting colder out there, and cool temperatures mean more energy is needed to stay warm. You'll probably need to feed your pet a bit more food. Food generates body heat, so pets who spend a lot of time exercising outdoors need to eat more than in the summer. Lastly, be careful with decorations. Holidays mean decorations, but be careful about leaving irregularly shaped objects and trinkets around the house. While you might like to get into the seasonal spirit, dogs and cats do too. In the form of sampling, say, decorative guards or other fall props. Eating strange objects can be dangerous and can lead to foreign body obstruction. Well, I hope you found this pet project to be informative. To find out more, visit our Facebook page. Dr. T will be right back, so stay tuned into 107.7 The Bronx, 107.7TheBronc.com. That's a wrap for this Saturday's edition of the Producers Pet Project. Tune in next week for more pet news and alerts only on Your Pet Matters. The Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by your other family doctor, the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg, your pet's life partner in medicine. For more information online, it's BarkMeowVets.com. Time spent with our pets is never wasted, but that's why it's important to take the time to care for their health. And right here is the best place to do it with Your Pet Matters. So let's bring it to their lifelong wellness partner, Dr. T progressive veterinary care and let's keep their tails wagging with your pet matters hey everyone dr t here and i wanted to talk to you about vomiting um i think there's two major scenarios for vomiting vomiting that just occurs in your pet whether they're a cat or dog or vomiting that we actually create in your pet um so i'll talk about the latter first over the last two weeks, we've had three episodes of induced vomiting. Um, induced meaning we, as your veterinarians, give your pets some drug to make them vomit. Um, the first was Angus. Angus is a big uh, black lab. Gets into everything. Um, so the scenario goes, my clients are getting their house renovated. They can't use their backyard. So they've had Angus go in their friend's backyard and their friend has a golden. And I don't know if it's unbeknownst to both parties, but there's huge grapes vines in the backyard of which their neighbor, who's had three generations of golden, none of them ever got into the grapes. Well, in comes Angus, and Angus not only got into the grapes, he convinced their golden to get into the grapes. So as all stories go, mom calls us up saying, listen, I'm in the middle of doing an interview. My dog ate a bunch of grapes. What can I do? We said, well, why don't you bring them in? Because first thing we want to do is if this just happened, we can do vomiting and get the, the grapes out. So for those of you who don't know, grape toxicity can lead to acute kidney failure and potentially death as a result of that. Um, so, and it's variable. 
some dogs ironically can eat a few grapes and not have a problem some dogs can eat one grape and go into acute renal failure so our goal is to get those grapes out well it was approximately almost an hour before she could get her mom to bring angus in angus is huge he's energetic her mom is the most petite thing in the world um so she gets angus in with their one of the grandkids came in as well so the first thing we did did was we gave him apomorphine um it is a morphine um analog and more a side effect of morphine is makes you vomit so it works really well it works within minutes um and he vomited up about a pound and a half of grapes the great the beauty of this is that being angus being a lab he just swallowed them whole so they weren't broken open so the contents weren't there so most i mean it literally it's it in the end not to be gross but it was when i picked up the the bag of vomit that we had that angus had created for me um it weighed as much as the grapes that you buy in a grocery store pound pound and a half grapes um did a renal panel on them did a urinalysis everything's fine monitor them afterwards everything's good so good story yesterday cavalier i get called cavalier ate a grape and you know it's one of the scenarios let's make her vomit um so we did that as well. We did the apomorphine. Up came some plastic too. So apparently she was chewing on plastic toy as well. So, so, so that's the, um, you know, we've done chocolate. If um, they've eaten chocolate, we make them vomit. And chocolate's interesting because um, chocolate vomit smells like chocolate, and they can continue to vomit up so much chocolate afterwards. So, um, it's important to to consider the options um if, if you've known your pets eating some toxic definitely two places you should call is your veterinarian and depending on what they've eaten um called the spca animal poison control um which many times your veterinarian may work with them because there's a lot of toxins that we don't have a lot of database on of, of how to deal with and poison control does so that's human created vomiting in pets the other type of vomiting is when your pet vomits and you know, some pets vomit. Um, I tell my clients twice a month for a dog is actually in the realms of normal. Um, I find dogs vomit if they haven't eaten a meal and their body's primed for it and the bile comes up. Um, I find that dogs will vomit if they happen to get into something that just disagrees with them that's not harmful. Um, so those are the types of vomits that probably can occur twice a month or so and are in the normal range so where do i get worried about vomit um i get worried about vomiting if it's more often than twice a month depending on what's going on with the pet um the age of the pet um and the just overall what's going on the frequency of the vomit are you doing it twice a day twice an hour i really don't like scenarios where they vomited like five times in a row and the client calls and doesn't want to do anything those types of scenarios those are situations where the vet team member is going to recommend that you come in so so what are common causes of vomiting in pets? Um, for older cats with kidney issue or dogs with kidney issues, um, kidney disease can lead to vomiting. Liver disease can be, lead to vomiting. Certain toxins can lead to vomiting. Um, a foreign obstruction in the intestinal tract can lead to vomiting. Pancreatitis can lead to vomiting. GI parasites or other infections can lead to vomiting. So those are different causes of that. And so when your pet's vomiting, we have to determine what's causing it. Um, so 
if the history is suspicious of a foreign obstruction, they've eaten something foreign. Um, so what happens in many of those cases is they'll want to still eat, but they won't be able to hold things down. And this can go on for days and they'll still be bright, um, but it's that vomiting you want to see what's, what's in there. So today I got texted from my landlord, their dog ate two tampons um, and so ate them immediately. So we're going to um, probably take some radiographs, see what's going on with that, um, see where they are and see what we can do because I don't know being absorbable. I don't know what size these tampons will get to or where we're going to be with respect to that. Um, other foreign obstructions I've seen, toys, rubber duckies, um, I had a cat that was vomiting that he, Romeo, was playing with the elastic of a sleeping bag and I ended up pulling out, I don't know, a total, there were, there were, I pulled out about 10 pieces about this long of this elastic band. Um, you could see it all bright in his stomach, so that was interesting and that was a surgical intervention. Um, many obstructions are surgical interventions. The concern would be that if it really blocks, then you can get necrosis and death of the tissue in that area. Um, I must have said something that Siri recognized. Siri just said something. Um, but hang on a sec. I got it. Hey, Siri, stop. Start playing a song. Um, so obstruction. So what, what we do is we take radiographs. And what we're looking for is either the object in question um, or an unusual gas pattern. A lot of times where the blockage is, you'll have build up a gas around that. Um, many times we can see that. The most notable one I remember way back when I started practicing was a corn cob. Literally, you can see the little areas of the corn cob. It was an eaten corn cob. It was a lab. So x-rays really determine how things are going. X-rays for non-foreign obstructions, if there's um, kidney or liver issues, you can see changes in those organs. Um, if there's a potential tumor that's causing that organ dysfunction that's leading to vomiting, you can see that as well. Um, for GI parasites, we run a fecal. For metabolic conditions, kidney disease, liver disease, pancreatitis, blood work is there. Um, many times you can do an abdominal ultrasound to see what's going on, whether it's metabolic or foreign obstruction. Um, and treatment can range from benign therapy where we do this wonderful, I call it the drug of the, of the decade, is Serenia is a wonderful anti-vomiting medication. Um, and sub-Q fluids really help the situation. Um, antibiotics in many cases. Um, in more severe cases, you may have to hospitalize, um, follow up on things. Um, and in foreign body cases, you may have to go in surgically to see what's going on. So if your pet is vomiting, it never hurts to give your veterinarian a call, um, have a discussion. Most often, you can kind of determine the cause. They got into something outside. They just ate this. They're um, in kidney failure, and the signs are getting worse. So those are types of scenarios we can do. But um, I would expect a, some sort of diagnostic and some sort of treatment. Um, in very benign cases, you can just treat and see how things go. And there are some cases that are fairly benign where a pet gets into a vomiting cycle. And by using anti-vomiting meds, we can actually stop that cycle and they get, they get back and, and do very well. So vomiting is something definitely you want to um, talk to your veterinarian about because it could be nothing, but it could be something pretty cool. Pretty cool.
pretty cool to look at afterwards when everything's great, but I mean, pretty, pretty intense. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. Have to take a short break. After these messages, we'll come right back, right here on Your Pet Matters, 107.7, 107.7, thebronc.com. Time spent with our pets is never wasted, but that's why it's important to take the time to care for their health. And right here's the best place to do it with Your Pet Matters. So let's bring it to their lifelong wellness partner, Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, and let's keep their tails wagging with Your Pet Matters. Nation is Dr. T here, and I wanted to tell you a story about how getting our driveway sealed made me think a lot about veterinary medicine. <laughs> how may you ask? Um, so let's call this guy Sealer Sam. Sealer Sam came canvassing my neighborhood and I got wind of him because a couple of my neighbors, it looked like they were prepping to get their driveway sealed. It's clearly they're putting their, their cars in the streets, etc. Um, and it was funny because this guy's young. Um, he's got a limited liability company and very aggressive. So what he would do <laughs> would be he would set up a couple homes. I think he had like two or three of my neighbor's homes. And I live in a cul-de-sac, so it's quite, we have, um, you know, fairly spread out property. So between here and the end of the cul-de-sac, there's probably, well, there's probably like total six houses. So it's not, not that, not that crowded, so to speak. Well, he had three of us in there. Well, not me, three of my neighbors in there. And one of the complaints my neighbor had was that instead of doing their driveway, he was out canvassing the area for more clients. And so there was a delay and um, there was questioning about if he would actually do the job or not that day. Um, and during the process of doing one of my neighbors, he was, my son was playing outside. He was asking him to, is your, is your dad home? And I said, I'm, so I just, I literally had my, I literally had my son lying and say that I was busy. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to him. So, um, but anyways, I went out there and I was looking at the job he did at my neighbors because we were considering doing our um, ceiling again. And I talked to my wife about it, and he came out and he's very aggressive. You know, you know that there's an aggressive sales approach when they're using your name, Mister Mike, Mister Mike, Mister Mike. Um, I was laughing at him most of the time, and he was asking me how much the previous sealer charged, and then he started giving me a quote, and as I kept laughing, the quote kept dropping. And so I said, let me think about it. Just wanted to be nice and, you know, so I had a family discussion, and we decided to do it. But between that interim, they, um, I talked to my neighbors and I found out that there was a huge price discrepancy he was quoting between different neighbors. Um, ours was a reseal. There's a neighbor with a fair amount of, well, both these, I would say both these driveways that got done, that there was a price discrepancy had similar amount of work needed. And yet there's a fairly significant price discrepancy. And the reason why I know that is one of my neighbors wasn't home and asked me to actually pay this guy. So I, I actually saw the figure of what they had to do. Um, so it got me really thinking, and you know, it's it's one of those things. How I don't know if it's just me or any business person that every time I'm dealing with a business, I always look at how that business run, and 
are there any life lessons for me to take back to my business? Um, and I came up with a bunch and they're all related and they relate to not only veterinary medicine in general, but they can relate to any business. And so, um, number one was the approach, <laughs> um, whether I'm dealing with a client. So let's say I'm trying to promote dental month and I'm dealing with a pet that needs a dental. It's how you approach that. You know, um, you do get a variable approach towards, you, you can be aggressive in any sort of situation. So are you aggressively gonna promote the dental or are you gonna talk about the benefits of the dental or how are you going to do it? So this guy, was Sealer Sam was incredibly aggressive, 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 aggressive. And um, I'll tell you about my discussion with him at the end, but you, you got it. It's your approach. You got to be factual. You got to talk about the pros and cons. In any business, there's always a financial concern. So it's how you approach this. So no estimates were provided by Sealer Sam. So there really wasn't discussion. And he was so aggressive about getting numbers of driveways that he would completely do different pricing. And I think he was trying to read clientele and see if he could get more from some and not from another. So um, number one, don't be aggressive in your approach. Number two is know your demographics. We are a very close-knit neighborhood. We know each other. We talk all the time. It's not like my neighbors don't communicate with me or vice versa. So that's how I found out the pricing. So you really have to know your demographic. And I think that if, are you dealing with a demographic that is what are their needs and wants and desires? What is their financial situation? Um, you have to be very careful about things like that. I let him know who I was after when I had a chat with him prior to paying him. Um, but I hope it helped him. Um, so definitely know your demographics. And I think a lot of this is how you deal with your clients. So um, regardless of how you feel about veterinary medicine, if you're running a veterinary hospital, you have to really be client-centric. We are all by definition, so my opinion is we are all by definition pet-centric in the veterinary world. We w wish the best for a pet. But you can't do that and not have the client's interests, wishes, finances, in your mind or involved in any sort of situation. So if you if you are pet-centric, in this case, the analogy would be Sealer Sam was driveway-centric. Get the driveway done, not really care about the client. And that showed cra like crazy. Um, and I talked to him about some of the job. He was just getting that job done. So you really have to be client-centric. Um, what he would do is he would in order to get the driveway, he would go and canvas the neighborhood and both of my neighbor friends would wonder, is he actually gonna do their driveway today when he said he was gonna be done? And he would come late in the day and do it. And it was, it, was, it was clear that he was just getting numbers. I actually worked for someone who literally said to me, I don't care if I never see this client and pet again, I've got them today. And to me, that is, that is downright dumb as a business owner. I think that you have to look at the long term um, and I explained this to him. I said, listen, in my world, I am trying to create a relationship with a client and a pet for the life of not only that pet, 
but any successive pets um, to in order to get just one pet in per day and not worry about them that is in the long term that's going to hurt you big time um, so I explained it to sealer Sam I said listen you want repeat sealing has to be done every what and he said oh every two years okay so you want repeat customers if you treat these customers badly and they don't repeat you're, you've just lost this demographic this whole demographic I think he ended up doing five to ten driveways here so he lost that demographic I don't think they're gonna get him again um, but that's one of those things you have to be careful about um, the next is communication it's how you communicate um, it was interesting so part of his approach was to find out he would blatantly ask oh uh, do you work are you gonna be home and I'm not sure why he asked that but it was always perceived as are you gonna rob me <laughs> um, luckily we have a bunch of stay-at-home moms here and so it's quite we've got some retired people so it's quite good about neighbor neighbors being home um, I was trying to take that from okay so then enables him to make sure the driveway's clear so he can just do it um, he also was wondering when you'd be home to get paid so he could get paid um, as he voiced to me but man that approach was <laughs> it's the communication is bad you have to have great communication you have to be able to read your clients you have to be able to ex express what you think that the the necessities and medical needs of are your patient um and you don't say hey when are you gonna be when are you gonna be home oh my god um the next was pricing so like i said he would very so one of my neighbors was fairly good at handling and and got him down to a very reasonable price for a new job my other neighbors a gentle wonderful soul didn't handle the price paid 30 percent more to me they're equal jobs um so i talked to him about that um you have to you have to be fair you have to be consistent and you have to realize that the neighbors may talk to which i told him i said we're close here we talk we know the pricing um and the price he quoted me was just under whatever I had paid prior. So it was just one of those things. Um, but you have to be very careful. If you're that business owner that's just going to undercut the competition just to get someone in, in the door, that is not going to be phenomenal in the long run. And if you change your prices, variable pricing, your clients are going to talk. They're going to talk. They talk. And not even pricing. If you if you change your salary or you have variable salaries on your employees, you know, it says they're not supposed to talk in every employee manual. They talk. They know what each other makes. They know what each other makes. So that is something that you got to be really careful about. And the last is follow-up. Um, it's important to follow up. So whether I see a sick patient or even a routine, it's important to follow up. Um, make sure the pet's okay. Make sure you're connecting with that client. Um, and I told him that it's important to follow up. There was an issue with one of the ones he did. They, there was an um, opening happening, so he went and resealed it. But I said, it's important that in three months you follow that up. He said to me that driveways is a seasonal business. And I responded to him and go, well, in, in many respects, veterinary medicine is seasonal. Um, much of the income comes between in a certain month. He was shocked to hear that. Um, so needless to say in an attempt to help him i actually had a sit down talk with him prior to paying him i told him about the issues i told him about the pricing i told him about knowing his clientele i told him about doing a quality job and definitely following up um i even went so far as i, I did a background check on him 
and his business. Um, and I explained to him my concerns. Um, and I told him that if he did a good job, he is going to have repeat customers in this area. But some of the methods he did, some of the communication approaches he did, I'm not seeing that happening. Um, and I even said to him, I said, listen, that one client that wasn't happy with you that you have to come back, I said, all they have to do is quietly tell five people never to use this guy. And that would ruin you. You want to be comfortable and satisfactory. So, so I, you know, I hope it something helped him. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Um, I hope he changes his ways, um, but you never know. But it was just, it was very interesting just to see that, just to see how a interaction on a driveway ceiling can really reflect on any other business. Lesson learned. Hope that helps any business owners out there. Thanks for listening. Always a pleasure to talk to each and every pet parent out there. Um, and enjoy the rest of the weekend. And remember, everyone, love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day. That's all for this week's visit with your pet's lifelong wellness partner, Dr. T at Progressive Veterinary Care. Progressive Veterinary Care, making waves in pet health care. To access more information online, go to ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. And be sure to stay tuned to 1077 The Bronx every Saturday at 10 a.m. to keep up with your pet's health with Your Pet Matters, only on 1077 The Bronx.